This is episode 28 of the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast with Nicole Bermaher. There, I feel like, should just be more of a social media presence for music therapy and for this whole internship process. Because you kind of go into it blindly, you don't know anything. There's only so much that your professors can prepare you for, and only so much that your friends that are a year older than you that have gone through it can prepare you for. So I, as of now, I'm using this like platform of Music Therapy Mondays on my account as a way to educate. I mean, people that aren't even in music therapy, but mostly like up income in music therapy interns or people that are interested in what internship is like to like give them kind of an insight on what it's like to be an intern in real time. You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast. In today's episode, I got to talk to Nicole Bermaher, who is currently an intern at Lori Children's Hospital in Chicago. And we got into the nitty gritty of what internship is like, what she's learning, the differences going from undergraduate school to starting internship and some things she's learned along the way as well as her goals for the future. She's starting her third month at the time of this recording. She'll probably be starting her fourth month by the time this is released. So I hope that you learn a lot from our conversation and if you are an intern or a student or even a professional who really gained some insight from this conversation, let her know over on social media because she's been great about putting her experience out there for other people to see and learn from. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by writing us a review on iTunes. Those reviews really help the podcast be more visible, and I appreciate them so, so much. Also, check us out on social media. We are Music Therapy Chronicles, uh, most present on Facebook and Instagram. And we also have a Facebook group that you are welcome to join if you want to start or join a conversation about an episode. Some of the guests are in that group, so you can meet some of them. Thank you so much to those supporting us on Patreon. That is so appreciated. If you are unfamiliar with Patreon, it's a way to monetarily support creators by pledging to donate a certain amount each month. And over on Patreon, I am offering the opportunity to ask guest questions. So when I schedule an interview, I will put a post up on Patreon about who that person is and a little bit about them. And if you have a question for them, let me know and we will have it prepared for the interview. Alrighty, let's get into this conversation with Nicole Bermaher.
Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Thanks for having me. (laughs) How are you on this lovely Sunday morning? I am doing well. It's cold. I'm in Chicago, so everything is great, though. How about you? Uh, It's also cold here. I think it was about 35 when I woke up this morning. Like how it is around here, too. Pretty wild. It snowed the other day. No way. On Halloween. (laughs) So you guys had um, snowy trick-or-treaters. I think we did, yeah. (laughs) So to start us off, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I studied at the University of Miami. I did an undergrad in music therapy with a minor in psych. I just finished my coursework in May, and I just recently in September started my internship at Lurie Children's Hospital here in Chicago. And I'm supposed to be done with the internship by end of April, so hoping that maybe June I can take the boards and then get my certification and just get on with working. So it's a little bit about me (laughs) and where I'm at, I guess, in this field at the moment. Awesome. So did you grow up near Miami? I am from Fort Lauderdale, which is about a 45-minute drive from the University of Miami. So always lived in Florida until now. What brought you to Chicago? I felt like if I didn't This was like a very unique opportunity that we have with internship to kind of just go and try something new for a little while. And I felt like if I didn't do internship outside of Florida, I would never leave. And I think it's important to get out of your comfort zone and leave home. So that's what I did. That's really admirable. I think that's awesome that you, yeah, yeah, you tried that out, tried something new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you think you'll go back to Florida? Are you still trying to feel that out? I think I'm very much in the middle somewhere because I'd love to ultimately live in Florida, but I don't know if that's my next step after this. So yes and no. (laughs) Yeah. So you are in a medical setting. Was Mm -hmm. that also trying to get outside your comfort zone again? Or is this, you know, this is what you're into. So that's what you went for in your internship. Yeah, I did two practicums in a pediatric hospital uh, when I was in school. So I knew that that was my interest. And I know that I'm more of a kid person, I think, than an adult or elderly person. And I think... Even if I had practicums in this setting, this is way out of my comfort zone because you go from being in a setting once a week for an hour or two to now I'm there eight hours a day, four days a week. So it is a bit out of my comfort zone because there's a lot of medical stuff that I am just like, I still don't even understand half of it because I've only, I think on Monday, it's three months since I started. So I'm still learning everything, but... I was comfortable with the idea of being in a pediatric hospital, but still uncomfortable and unfamiliar with what it would be like to be a full-time music therapist, I guess, in a hospital or music therapy intern. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, really great in this age of social media, and you've been very present on social media. You have your Music Therapy Monday videos, which are awesome. (laughs) And it's great to see people go through the process in real time. 
because yeah. unless you have mm-hmm. intern friends or you don't know yeah I yeah. don't know so what sparked you to want to share your process with the world yeah so that the music therapy account originally started as just a music account for me to be able to just post covers and my original music just to put it out into the world it was like my like um way of just being more more vulnerable with my music and sharing like more of my soul with people or a side of me that maybe not a lot of people knew and I still like I felt like the account wasn't me because I was just posting a whole bunch of covers and music and that is part of me but like music therapy is more me than that I think you know so then I made the decision to just start posting music therapy related stuff and then I started with this whole music therapy Monday and for a while I post every Monday and then I realized it's hard to post every Monday (laughs) and it's hard to find you know content that is interesting and not repetitive and and just finding things that are interesting to like a typical human who doesn't really know the science behind music therapy and then as soon as I started internship I did find that like there's really not a lot of people on Instagram posting about internship. So that's another reason why I felt like there was kind of a lack. There's not a lack, but there, I feel like, should just be more of a social media presence for music therapy and for this whole internship process. Because you kind of go into it blindly. You don't know anything. There's only so much that your professors can prepare you for and only so much that your friends that are a year older than you that have gone through it can prepare you for. So I, as of now, I'm using this like platform of music therapy Mondays on my account as a way to educate, I mean, people that aren't even in music therapy, but mostly like incoming music therapy interns or people that are interested in what internship is like to like give them kind of an insight on what it's like to be an intern in real time. That's why I'm like, this week I did this, and now I'm more independent, and I'm fully independent or still shadowing, and it's like the kind of what you go through, at least in my site. So, and I know everywhere is different, but hopefully it might give people a little bit more of an idea of what it could be like for them. Yeah, I think that's great also because it's in real time and you've, in my, what I've seen from what you've posted, you've been very honest with like, this was really eye-opening or this was a struggle or this is how I experienced this. Mm -hmm. And it's easy, if I were to tell you about my internship experience now, it would be a lot easier than if I had been telling you when I was in the thick of it. Yes. Yeah. So we hear the stories uh, from hindsight, but it's great Mm -hmm. to see it in real time because even if... You, there is a non-music therapy person watching it. It's great, just life advice and experience. Yeah, yeah like, um, this is funny because I was talking to a good friend of mine last night and she had watched my most recent one where I talk about how the transition between school and internship was is kind of hazy and just going from being in an environment where somebody's in your ear telling you exactly what to do versus being fully independent and just going with the flow and kind of figuring it out as you go. And I talked about how it's been a bit of a change for me going from somebody telling me to plan all the time to somebody just being like, go, just do it. 
So my friend who's in the education field told me that she completely related to that aspect of like school versus reality. So even if somebody's not in music therapy, there is that there are those similarities that we share with other people that aren't in the field. Definitely. Yeah. That over time you'll get like those back pocket interventions, those ideas where it's like a filler or it's a something you fall back on and adapt. But until you've really built up that toolbox, it is a lot all at once. It is. So that's, that's exactly where I am. Like I'm learning what works, what doesn't work, but I'm also like, I want to keep planning and being like present and not just using what I have, if that makes sense. Like to keep myself on my toes because I don't, I'm just starting. I don't want to fall into a routine of just going to the most basic interventions. Good you know? for you. Very admirable. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes in, in April when it's all over if, if I achieve these things. But I'm trying to set goals for myself. That's awesome. What are some of your goals if you want to share? Yeah. Just overall being more confident. I think that especially in a pediatric hospital setting, you can kind of get lost in the crowd and approaching a parent or a nurse about music therapy can be really intimidating, especially for someone like me who's like just starting and, you know, I know, but I don't know things and it's a very kind of middle ground for me. So just becoming more confident in just um providing services, explaining services, um, being more confident in front of parents because parents can be scary sometimes too. Um, Also just being more confident with teenagers (laughs) and being able to provide my, my best self to them because they need it. And Another goal I think I have is just to continuously challenge myself and plan and be present in the moment at the same time. So it's kind of difficult um, because you can only plan so much, especially in a hospital setting where things often go differently than what you anticipated to be. And that's something that my supervisor has talked to me a lot about that you can plan, but a lot of the time you're going to have to just quickly in the moment switch it because of something that's happening if there's a procedure happening or if a kid gets really fussy because of they're getting an IV put in it's just being able to plan but also then being okay with things not going the way that they should and I think that's another thing that going from school to this is difficult because in school you plan and it happens for the most part but here you can plan and it doesn't happen and being okay with that. So I just, I could list all the goals, but (laughs) just holding myself accountable to these things and just really trying, because if not, if not, it just feels like I'm bringing music. It doesn't feel like I'm doing music therapy. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want, I don't want at the end of this to be like what, to feel like I didn't do anything. Or that I wasn't successful in providing music therapy. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> so each, each um, I'm going to say undergraduate training, but also master's degree, they all have a different 
the theoretical framework. They all have different philosophies. So would you say, was yours more of, um, uh, I guess, a plan-based training, or did you learn more from an improvisational-based approach? So UM is, we study NMT. So everything is based off of that. And we're very much planning, not not at all improvisation. Um, so yes, we were very much session plans every week, um, down to like, we would do like literally steps on how to talk to people, steps on what do you do if a patient or a client does this, or if they do that, kind of broke it down to like every single little point or thing that could happen in a session. And I think we had a little bit of improvisation, but not like. That's, that was not the core of our program. It was very much planning oriented, which I'm finding now is not always the case. So. Yeah. It's, it's good to have experiences mm-hmm. with both, both of those things, though. So how have you found that the two have informed each other? And although right now it's kind of a shock to your system, like I've, <laughs> I've been doing all this planning forever and now all of a sudden everything is on a whim. Uh, yeah. How how have those two kind of been able to to correlate and um, coexist yeah. for you? Yeah. So I would say a lot of the NMT training I had has been very helpful in the sense that I know certain interventions work for certain things, and in that regard, I know what I want to work on, and then I can kind of improvise with the musical aspects of it all. Um, So in that sense, it has informed that, but I just think that it all goes back to being flexible (laughs) and being able to just go with the flow, but keeping some sort of internal, words are difficult, Um, (laughs) keeping some sort of just internal check with yourself and being able to just take from different parts of your brain and do different things based on what you know. So I'll take a little bit of the planning, but also a little bit of the improvised sense, especially like when you're doing assessments with people, improvising is usually the easiest way to go because you just bring a bunch of instruments and see how they handle it. So, but then also in my head, I'm thinking NMT stuff all the time because that's just what my education is rooted in. So I think it's just being able to pick and choose when you want to utilize certain things, if that answered the question. Yeah, of course. (laughs) It's your answer, so you answered it. Uh, I think it'll be really beautiful for you to see in three, five years how the polarity and those experiences, your internship versus your um, undergraduate how yeah. they will allow you to blossom into such a yeah. well-rounded music therapist. Yeah, excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also just trying to be so present now because I know you can only be an intern once. Well said. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you know about fellowship? I know about art therapy fellowship because there's currently one at um, the hospital I work in, but I didn't know there was music therapy there are um I have an episode with a music therapy fellow that I can send to you so for anyone listening who's like you know internship and maybe you don't know what's next or you want a little more of a buffer year music therapy fellowship exists check it out 
great to know. <laughs> that is really good to know because I also feel like just jumping from being an intern to taking the boards to doing music therapy, that can all in itself, I feel like, be so overwhelming. So, but that's that's in a couple of months. So we're not thinking about it too hard now. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, easy to become worried about the future and anxious about mm-hmm. the past. And yeah, good for you for being present. So at this point, you're about three months in. What advice would you have for a student who's maybe graduating in December or even graduating in May and getting prepped? Yes. Um, I think it all also depends on where your setting is. So learn your music, know all the greatest hits that you need to know, because you'll be requested some random stuff, at least in a pediatric hospital. Um, And then also, I just think to go in with a really open mentality because if you come in thinking that it's going to go one way and it doesn't you're going to be really upset and or not even upset just let down so have high expectations but don't set them too high to the point that they're not attainable and just to just soak every minute in of it because you can learn just so much from from internship because it's so different than being a practicum student because you're so fully immersed in what the life of a real music therapist could be. And that's, I think, what I love about how AMTA and the whole music therapy universe kind of puts our program is that you have to do internship for at least six months. So you get a sense of what it really is like to be in the field. So soak in every minute of it, enjoy it all, and just be a sponge and learn and take everything and give as much as you can to the people you're working with because you're making a difference. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. So many yeah. good nuggets in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to provide the good nuggets. <laughs> what has been one of your most memorable experiences thus far? Um, that's a good question. I think just, I've had the opportunity so far to see patients, I think for the last month independently by myself. So I'm building rapport with parents, with patients. And recently, actually Friday, so just the other day, I was with a patient who is pretty much, she's nonverbal. She's six, but not developmentally six years old, very much dependent on her mom. And she usually never moves her legs or her arms. And for the first time in a session, we're just jamming along to some Disney music I know she likes, and she just starts moving everything and smiling, which she never really does. And her mom is like, look, she does like you. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm glad she likes me. So it's just, I think the fact that I've just been building rapport and getting to know these patients so much that I'm starting to see differences. And that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. Yeah. So I don't choose one, but that was a big moment for me when I saw her kind of just like her mom even said she's acting more like herself. So I'm just happy that the music is giving her that opportunity to act more like herself. And that gives me more opportunities to be able to plan interventions that can stretch her abilities or even challenge her because I'm seeing more of what she can do. So it's just all great. (laughs) 
it's really cool to be in it and just feeling like an actual person in the field now. Yeah. It's also very different going from practicum where you see your clients maybe once a week to internship where you see them, if not every day, two or three times a week. Yes. Yes, exactly. And also I feel like in practicums, it's very structured. If we're going back to the structured versus non-structured and internship, it's not because there's so many moving parts and now you're like, an employee, not an employee, but you're working for a company or you're working for a hospital. And there's so many other things you have to do on top of being present in sessions. So it's, there really is a difference between the two. And I think you learn that very quickly. Agreed. Yeah. What has been one of your biggest lessons thus far? Oh, flexibility. I feel like that's always the lesson. (laughs) Always the lesson, just flexibility, especially in a hospital, because you can have a plan in the morning and go through your whole list and no one is free. So it's it's just being able to work with what you can, work with what you've got, work with who's free, because you have to remember that, you know, music therapy is just an added bonus, at least in the hospital, and it gives them some, some sense of normalization some like way to help them feel like there is a world outside of the hospital and other than that they're getting a lot of medical stuff thrown at them and they're going through a lot as a family as an individual so I feel like just being flexible and knowing that and to not take things personally Because sometimes you can be the punching bag for people's emotions, at least in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And that has happened to me already. And it was a rude awakening that my supervisor was like, it's better that it's you and not a medical professional who is trying to help this kid or save their life. You know, it's usually if, if a parent gets upset, it's usually in the heat of the moment and it's fine. But just to not take things personally and to be flexible if things don't go the way that you think they're meant to go. Um, And to just be able to not um, compartmentalize, but don't take things home with you that are heavy, which thankfully not yet, but I know it's most likely going to happen. I'm going to definitely have like harder Um, patient um, relationships and there's always especially in a medical setting the possibility that you're gonna lose a patient and my supervisor is always just like be mindful Um, and if that day ever comes just talk to people about it don't be afraid to talk to people about it and as of now, that hasn't happened to me, but my co-intern has lost people. And she has had to process with me and with the other music therapists at um, my internship site. So I guess my biggest lessons are flexibility, not taking things personally, and um, not bringing the heavy stuff home with you. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. those a lot. I, I would throw in the heavy stuff is also the parents or other staff taking things out mm-hmm. on you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are 
in the grand scheme of things, small compared to the nurses and the doctors. You know, we are an added bonus that gives the kids some sort of sense of control. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we're dealt things just because we're there. Mm-hmm. But just don't take it personally. I would say, and this is a hindsight thought, if you are the person who is receiving the brunt of whatever negative dense energy is coming out of families, patients, whoever, that's a real reflection on your ability to make them feel safe. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, people say you, you are the, you take, you take out the most things on your family, right? Because you know, no matter what, they will still love you. They'll still be there for you. So if you have a patient in a family who's doing that in reality, you are their safe space. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. But that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love Good. all that. <laughs> awesome. What is something that has really surprised you in your internship? Um, I think the feeling of acceptance I've had in the hospital from even sometimes, you know, nurses and doctors aren't the most welcoming but for the most part I have felt just so welcomed by all the staff and that surprised me a little bit um and just the relationships that I've been building with people at the hospital that aren't interns so nurses and some of like the social work um, people and the child life and the art therapy so it's it's just been a bit of a surprise to me. I didn't expect to build such good relationships with these people, you know, to the point where I feel like if I am dealing with a harder case, like I could talk to them and I could express myself. So I have a safe space there, which is great. Yeah. Having that community is really important. Mm -hmm. Especially in a setting like a hospital. Yeah. Where things can go wrong all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I really like that. (laughs) Do you have anything you want to add before we move into some rapid fire questions? Oh, rapid fire questions. (laughs) Um, I feel like we've hit a lot of important things today. So I think, I think I'm good. Good. Um, You have questions. No, no, well, just the, the ones I ask everyone. But I think that anyone listening, intern or not, will get a lot out of the reminder to be present, be flexible, not take things personally, not take the bad stuff home with you. Yeah. yeah that's good advice for all stages of professional and personal life. Yeah. It's just a matter of remembering it all, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. I so, think I'm ready. <laughs> so the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. The first okay. one's like a warm up. Coffee or tea? Tea. I'm, I don't drink coffee, fun fact. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink coffee either. We are the rare, the rare breeds. We are, definitely. Mm-hmm. Early bird or night owl? I think early bird. 
Do you work um, weird shifts at the hospital or is it regular hours? Regular hours. That's nice. It is nice. Something you would tell your younger self. To not be so hard on myself. And that your path will will come and when it, when the time is ready. Good one. Mm-hmm. Your music therapy elevator speech. <laughs> oh, you're taking me back to freshman year. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess the way I like to explain it to young kiddos, which I think is a good way to explain it to any just person who doesn't know much about it, is I like to say how there's speech therapy, there's occupational therapy, there's physical therapy, and essentially... We do similar things, but we're using music to make the changes. And that we um, use music to address non-musical goals. You don't have to be musical to be in music therapy. And it's just a good motivator for change. I like that. (laughs) Your favorite self-care practice. Um, at the moment, I think it is watching Netflix. (laughs) I think that's what I've been feeling like I need sometimes at the end of the day. But it can it can definitely change depending on my mood. Do you have any Netflix recommendations? Oh, all the time. All the time. Um, right now, I would say that on Netflix, what am I even, I just watch a lot of TV shows. So maybe not Netflix, but I just started Nancy Drew on the CW. It's a good one. It's like the continuation of Nancy Drew as an adult. So if you like a little mystery, it's like a little scary sometimes, which is a little out of my comfort zone because I don't really like scary movies. That's a good one. Riverdale, classic. Um, Dynasty, great show if you like drama. <laughs> and yeah, I actually watched, there's a, a really interesting series on Netflix called Explained. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. They, have a, they have a music episode, which is really interesting. And they talk about Gabby Gifford, the, the woman that um, they use music to help, like to rehabilitate her speech. So they talked about that and I thought it was really interesting and they explain a bunch of really random stuff, yeah. which is really cool. So that's definitely like, and they're 20 minutes, which I love. Mm-hmm. And they're friends. Friends is the best on Netflix. <laughs> Those are my self-care shows, I guess. <laughs> In the, the music explained video, I don't, mm-hmm. they didn't interview a music therapist, but they quoted they the journal of music therapy. Yeah. I, I was like, that. I thought they should have at least, I was waiting for something more music therapy in there because it, it really did explain how they used a lot of just music therapy stuff. And I wish they would have just addressed it as music therapy, which is always like an ongoing thing in the field. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth? We'll have to write them that they need a part two. I mean, they definitely should. (laughs) Awesome. I will link those in the show notes for people to find. And I've watched a few of them and I can also, I also like 
friends and explained. I like those a lot. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Something that is currently adding value to your life. My internship. <laughs> it's yeah. I feel like it's giving me more of a purpose. Like I'm doing something good. Because when you're a student, you're like a student, you know, and you're just going through the motions and doing what you got to do. But now I feel like having internship is giving me purpose and insight into what the rest or a couple years of my life could look like, which is reassuring. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session? Um, so one of my favorite interventions right now is one that I made up, not made up, but I created last year. It's actually a great one. So I will share it because I think it's just wonderful. Um, do you know the, the lava song? You don't? No, I don't. Sorry. I had tea in my mouth. (laughs) It's okay. Um, so the lava song is the opening, like, short film of Moana. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's about two volcanoes. Volcano. Volcanoes? Volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> volcanoes that are, I think, somewhere in Hawaii, probably. And they're singing a song about how one is lonely and is needing love, and there's a volcano under the sea. So his song brings the other volcano up, and they finally meet at the end. And so they have a book of this that you can get on like your iPad for $2. And so I've been using the book and playing the song and putting those two together. And this can address so many things, probably can address anything that you want it to address, any goals. Um, So I'll usually pair the two and have the kiddo I'm working with like swipe on the iPad so they're like kind of associating pictures with words or song and it's just always fun because the song like builds up and it gets really exciting and the kid is just like waiting for it like things to happen and so I just love putting the two together and it's also great to do with parents that are with you if the kid or the patient or client can't like move the pages on their own but they have a visual and an auditory Sen- like sensory experience so I like the lava song and I like the lava story and putting them together yeah yeah that sounds and really cute how far I'll go is a classic mm-hmm. from all that's always a go-to for me so <laughs> I like those wonderful lastly where can people find you and connect with you yes so I have my Instagram where I do my music therapy Mondays but sometimes music therapy other days because it's hard to stick to a schedule at times we're flexible Um, we are flexible and we we show it So uh, my Instagram is Nick Bermaher. So it's my name cut in half because I have my like personal account. That's my full name. And then this one that is half of my name. (laughs) And that is just 
probably the best way to reach out to me. Just DM me, direct message me, and we can talk about all the things. Because I, I love hearing from people that are in the fields. That's why I loved when you reached out to me. I freaked out. <laughs> it was so cool because I think it's so important nowadays to use social media for things like this, for advocating and for sharing your stories about music therapy because it's, like I said earlier, there's not a whole lot of that presence online. And now social media is such a big thing in this world. Literally everything is on social media. Mm -hmm. I think it's good. And sometimes social media, not sometimes, for the most part, social media is just the good stuff of your life. You don't really show the negativity or the bad side of your life. And I think that an account like this or a podcast like this is very real. And you can get that sense of the good, the bad, and just share what people really need to hear, especially about music therapy, because it's not acknowledged enough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Talk to me. <laughs> awesome. I'll answer you if, if you reach out. Awesome. Yeah, and your, your videos are great. So for anyone looking for some some good tips, some good advice, just like having a one-way conversation, I guess, check out Nicole's videos because they are just a nice little weekly or however often they come out. It's a nice little <laughs> reminder of we're all learning something, we're all going through whatever, uh, mm-hmm. some takeaways, which is great. Yeah, yeah. And I try, I do try to make it like as if it's a conversation. So I appreciate you noticing that, which is cool. For sure. Awesome. Thank you so much for making the time to talk with me today. And I'm excited to hear some feedback from some students and interns who learned a lot from this episode, because I'm sure they will. I'm so happy that I could provide that. It was it's honestly been so great talking to you. Thank you. We'll have to do a follow up in a little bit when you're done or, you know, you've passed your boards or whatever else. I'd love that. That would be so great. I'd love to. Awesome. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. What an insightful episode with so many nuggets of wisdom to just remember throughout all areas of our lives, being present, being flexible, not taking things personally. The latter made me think of the book The Four Agreements by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe. I'll link that in the show notes. Good read, easy read, um, but some good things to keep in mind just going through life to Be the best version of yourself and always be able to put your best foot forward. Looking forward to seeing the rest of Nicole's journey over on social media and also checking in with her in the future to see in hindsight what some of these things look like. Thank you again so much for tuning into the podcast. We really appreciate it. Listeners are what make this possible. If you're looking for a way to support the podcast, please consider joining us on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you will have the opportunity to ask questions to the guests, which I think would be super cool to have some listener questions prepared for these interviews, uh, make more of a dialogue happen there. 
If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, or if there's someone you want us to reach out to, please let us know by sending an email to feedback at musictherapychronicles.com. My initial intent with the, with that email was also to just get feedback about the podcast. So if you have some ideas, some thoughts, or any feedback in general, feel free to send it over there as well. Thank you again so much for tuning into this episode, and I will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.